0: trying to get into Berkeley next year. My name is Matthew Kroll. And what is a Tumblr? My name is Shaheer Dow, And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Siri. What is searching? There, there we go. That yeah. was look at that. We did foley work. <laughs> we did uh, a, a referential comedy. I'm that,
1: sure Sarah would come back with Shahir. What
0: are you searching? Yeah. See, yeah. there we go. Yeah. I don't know. No, anyway, no. welcome everybody. Welcome back, Shahir. Last week uh, I was away on, in Seattle. Yes. Thank you for taking care of that. I am eager to actually play. It was called last night. It's L- called late shift. Late shift. Sorry,
1: yeah. late shift. Apologies. I'm very eager to check it out. I listened to the first half hour of the podcast, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I kind of want to play this, and then I. Went Went online and looked up. You can actually just watch yes. people playing it. Yep. But I think I want
0: to do the you interactive do it, because I you'd lose it. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it's not a strong enough narrative uh, to last without you interacting with it. If that makes sense. the only sense. thing was
1: the interactive interactivity. I don't know what you guys said about this towards the end of the podcast. The interactivity didn't seem like that mind blowing. It's basically like pick a you know like choose your own a, adventure. Yeah, pick a pick an interaction.
0: But then um it it. it you know, depending on what you pick, and and mm-hmm. you could kind of see under the hood a bit about how many branching paths did what where. There were seven different endings that you yeah. could get, um, but really, but really, there were three. Like, how do you how do you feel about it compared to like the Telltale games? Well, Telltale. Uh, T- what what it lost about it? We actually mentioned this near the near the end of the podcast. Is the Telltale games really um, when you say something or do something to a specific character? There's a thing that says like Joseph will remember that, or or yeah. Susan will remember that, or whatever it is like. Yeah. And then those things all add up to then have hopefully have a a bigger impact on the stuff. So it's less it's less a like. Uh, do this or do that, and that affects the story. It's like, oh, well, now this character is at twenty percent liking you, but this character is at seventy, and I think it does more math to figure out what direction you go depending on who you're interacting with. Where this is literally like, pick a button. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like we should explain this
1: for the audience because yeah. I feel like we were like just talking. We jumped about, right in. We jumped right in. But but what what was the, it was a full motion video game that you decided to review at PAX because I wasn't there.
0: Yes, uh, and it's not a newish game. That's something that I wanted to make clear. I think it came out in 2016, yeah. but it was shot so well. I was looking for a, a thing to do about games because PAX was happening. We tend to do stuff about games during that time, and uh, the thing that was the most interesting to me was, you know, I'm going to do hard air quotes, moving the the genre forward, or not, not moving the genre, moving the uh, narrative experience forward. For movies or games? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh <laughs> and that was the thing. And I wanted to see because this this film, and I will call it a film, Late Shift. Uh it looks great. Yeah. It doesn't look um innovative, but it just looks clean and good, if that makes sense. It looks way better than any other full motion video game I've ever seen. A lot of times they're very, very hokey in both not only narrative, but actual structure of the the, the film or video content they're showing you. Okay. And this was like this was like butter. It was it was very um, prepackaged butter. This yeah. is not uh, artisan butter that you will get uh, in the country. This is like Lando Lakes from your grocer's freezer sort of deal. But it was nice. Um, and yeah, you can go back and listen to the episode um, because it was super interesting. We had James Portnow on there and another artist from Extra Credits, Joseph Masloff, and getting both of their perspectives on this was uh, was super fun. And playing through it with them yeah. was, was crazy fun too. It's something, honestly... You might be bored by yourself, but if you right. did it with like your wife or you did it with friends, like it's it's a real fun time. How 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 long does it take to play through the game? Uh, maybe two hours, two ish. Maybe maybe less depending on how quick you do it. Okay, and um, compared to going to the movies for two hours, did you think it was money well spent and? <laughs> We spent a total of seven dollars on it, so split that between three people. Yeah, it was worth it was worth two hours and and and, and two eighty six of my money. Like yeah. yeah. Um. Now, would I want to spend full price and do something like that? Would I want to do it in a theater full of people that are voting on it? I I, I don't <laughs> that know. That would be interesting, well, wouldn't it? Telltale has a thing like that for yeah. presentations and stuff. There was a thing um, I went to when the Guardians of the Galaxy game was released. Where you it was like a party and an event, and you go and you can vote with your phone as the the choice is happening. And so a group of 200 people can play the game again hard air quotes together. Um and it was interesting and you got a little bit of audience participation in there but like it's it's very telling what kind of like if you get 200 people to keep giving their opinions you get shocked as to what moral choices are the majority.
1: Also I feel like that's not sustainable for more than like 40 minutes, right? Like yeah.
0: in a in a crowd
1: environment. Like yeah. I I can't imagine doing that for more than four.
0: People, minutes. people definitely lost interest. Yeah, but. all
1: right. Well, that that coupled with the fact that um, uh, theme parks are having kind of an interact, you know, like creating interactive experiences based around movies. I'm just been looking into the Avatar Land of Disneyland. Oh boy! So I think there's an interesting circulation of like, what can we do with interactivity sure. in terms of narrative? That uh, that I think your po- the your podcast, that episode, Our. that episode really taps into. So people should check that out. The movie is called Late Shift. It's developed by Whale Interactive. Um, Whales Interactive. Whales Interactive? Yeah. Are they from, are they Welsh?
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, maybe.
1: <laughs> also, you can reach out to us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. We are no longer taking requests.
0: That's true. We, we do have, have one more we have to w- do. We have
1: one more request bag to do, which is three movies. Yep. So I feel like we have more than amply compensated our listeners for the request that they made, which we did not fulfill. Which was like three
0: years ago. So, so we're, we're, once we complete the, the Cornetto Trilogy, the balance will be zero and we will uh, instantly a new request
1: policy, which will make it easier for you to, to make requests, and may, and perhaps make it a little bit more selective for us about yes. the requests we, yes. can, we take and choose. But until that time, for listeners at home, we are about to cut our 360 camera, which we have been recording for the duration of this episode thus far. Because why not? Because why not? Because I have a 360 camera that I've been playing with for a little project, uh, and we thought it might be fun for you to be able to see what we're doing. So if you're an audio listener, there is a visual component to this particular episode, which I think fits in with the theme of technology and interactivity uh, sure. that we've been kind of... Tiptoeing around, you have
0: a successfully shoehorned in your new toy into the conversation yeah, about right. uh, technology and culture.
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what the toy is though because I'm, uh, I'm not uh, 100% endorsing it.
0: Yeah, and you're also, yeah, no, they're not paying us. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: but now we're gonna move on to the debut feature from Anisha Ganti, uh, Searching.
0: Yes, which
1: is a film that uh, you were actually gonna do last week, and I think would have been actually really interesting for you to do with James Port now, But I was, uh, I was, I, I kind of chimed in and said. I, I kind of want to do this movie. Yeah, no,
0: of course. Um, uh,
1: and so, appreciate you uh, holding off for a week to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was excited to see this movie ever since the trailer came out. I thought it looked as though it could take the crown as it were, of, um, of films that use this particular gimmick of seeing the whole thing through various screens, both, you know, com- multiple computer screens or like YouTube-esque windows or going through chat logs, etc. and, uh, and do it successfully because of at least, well, the trailer itself was cut together very well, um, used a lot of standardized trailer tricks, <laughs> um, but, but also, yeah, but also, yeah, and, and turned computer sounds into horror sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah just from a tonal perspective and I was I was excited to see it I love um John Cho. mm-hmm um, I, I'm glad to see him getting uh, more serious work outside of, you know, Harold and Kumar. Star <laughs> and, Trek. And Star Trek. Did you see a movie called Columbus? I didn't.
1: Columbus is fantastic. And Columbus, um, for me, uh, as far as the John Choo train goes, <laughs> reminded me, not only is he a leading man. Choo-choo. Uh, Choo-choo. <laughs> the Choo-choo train. <laughs> um, not only is he a leading man, but this dude is fucking James Dean, you know? Like, yeah. he is that level of cool and should be in every movie. Like, he's... He's a better leading man than most leading men. Sure, um, and and you should check out Columbus. Uh, Columbus was interesting. It was made by a video essayist by the name of Cogognada. Okay, um, and it's very. Uh, I love architecture, and it's a film about architecture and human relationships Mm. and that sounds really boring and maybe the film is boring to a lot of people but it's so beautiful it's so invested in what it's doing uh that it's it's truly um i I, uh, i i think one of our listeners recommended uh i check it out and uh and i did and it might might be one of the best films I've seen this year.
0: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, actually, I'd been hearing a lot of things about Searching and how Searching was possibly the best film of the year, hmm. which I uh, on a couple different places that I respect um, on this here interweb, and I was like, oh, well, I mean, we we have to talk about this now. I was interested before, and now it seems like it is a no brainer. Um, and uh, I will say before I read the IMDb uh, description, uh, I think I shouldn't have read those reviews. Okay. I think um, I think it ruined a little bit for me. Not necessarily disparaging the film, but disparaging my experience of it. Okay. Uh, which I'll get into in a little bit.
1: Well, what is the IMDb synopsis? Because before and then and then after that, I want to talk a little bit
0: about the genre of film. This oh, of course, is. of course. Here it is. It says: After his 16-year-old daughter goes missing, a desperate father breaks into her laptop to look for clues to find her. Okay. Okay. So there's there's your premise. Yeah.
1: Um, So the interesting thing here is, of course, is that the entire film takes place on a um, on a screen um, and it uh, uses modern technology as the main gateway for how um, how the story is told. Yes. Um, Now. There, there is a sort of long tradition of this kind of film, and and it's not specifically just the screen film, mm-hmm. but also the idea of the forced perspective film. Yes. So the 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 film that kind of uses a either a form of media or a confined perspective to limit what it is you can and can't see um, for various effects. So uh, a film like Buried with Ryan Reynolds keeps you inside a, a coffin the entire film. Uh, a first perspective film like Hardcore Henry that we did keeps you
0: locked into one particular camera angle. How Hundred twenty eight days later. One hundred and twenty eight days later. Isn't that what it is? You mean twenty eight days later? The that would be on? No, I mean the one with, um, who's the guy who had to cut his arm off? Uh, James oh, Franco. Oh, uh, 100, uh,
1: 127 Hours? Oh, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he was out there for 128 days and survived, I would have been very impressed. <laughs> wow, um, you can
0: tell I've just <laughs> got off a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but no, uh, uh,
0: 127 Hours is more of a traditional
1: narrative. Um, is it, I had not
0: seen it. I just remember seeing he had a camera in the... the which he is, does have a camera. Okay.
1: It's funny, I actually just watched that movie uh, about two or three weeks ago. Oh, uh, well, it's fresh re- in your re- brain. Rewatch. Re- re- Watched it uh, right.
0: a couple of weeks ago. It's
1: it's fantastic. Um, so it's an interesting con- conceit, and the the this also fo- follows in the heel. The, this film was pro- produced by uh, Timur uh, Bichmambatov, who you might know as um, the director of Wanted. Uh, oh, Ben her, which which you might not know about ben that. Who? Um, but uh, also uh, he did the the Russian trilogy Night Watch and Daywatch. Uh and I'm sure there's a third one of those. <laughs> there is. Uh Night Watch, Watch. No, there is an Asian overwatch. I, I think they they were trying to do a third one. And it just one. didn't happen? Yeah. No. Nah. Um but he produced also Unfriended, which is the other uh, um fixed yeah. perspective movie, which I haven't seen. Uh, I heard bad things. <laughs> yeah, I heard it wasn't that great. Um, and uh, there's an interesting story about how this film got made and how the director became attached. There is a podcast called The Ringer, which you can listen to an interview with Anish uh, Chagnadi. Chugna- okay. Um, but basically, he, um, guy's only 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a viral video. Well, he made a sort of a, a spit commercial for Google Glass. But when it came out, right. And uh, the 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 video he made went viral. And he was eventually hired by Google to produce uh, videos for them.
0: Um, God, remember Google Glass?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing about his video is his video doesn't highlight the technology at all. It's just a story about a guy going to India. And and I think I've
0: seen this, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then just the end of it, it goes Google Glass, and you're like, well, what did Google Glass have to do with that? But it was very, uh, very, very, very well told. And and I think you know. And then I went through and watched uh, all of his Google commercials, and they were all excellent, you know, really, really well told. Sure. And uh, basically, uh, him and his producing partner got into a room with uh, Beck film uh, film company, Beck Yeah, you that's right. It. Yeah. Um, this is why actually, I have
0: you do all of the all of the research stuff <laughs> so I don't have to butcher uh oh, people's and yeah. I still butcher them. Yeah, but uh, we, we make it through.
1: <laughs> um and basically uh uh, and his production company were like, hey, we want to produce a lot of these kinds of films because I think they're affordable to make. Uh, Unfriended probably uh, made a return. You know, It's kind sure. of a, the the same conceit around the found footage film yep. uh, where they're cheap to make and you can gain a lot of return and there's a sort of inherent excitement value to seeing a story played out in this way. Right. Um, and this was essentially, I think this is the third film of that, although is there an Unfriended 2? No, not be. yet. Okay. Uh, the thing about Bakminbatov Batov is he actually directed one himself so he's a high-profile director, you know. The director of wanted, yeah. And he directed one himself called Profile, which flew completely under the radar. And yeah. Nobody has seen. I don't know. Yet the film that he produced uh, with this young 27-year-old guy is, you know, it, it got sold at Sundance for 13. Oh, I think it was like seven million dollars, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and and you know, is is getting theatrical distribution, is getting great reviews. Um, the the conceit, I think, the, the the choice of director was around this idea. Oh, the guy who does Google videos. Could probably do a movie about a Mac, oh, you know, like a Screen OS system. And I think the the broader conceit there that I think actually really works to this film's advantage is the thing about uh, Chag- Chagnadi- Chagnanti? Oh boy, I'm Indian. I should be able to do this. <laughs> <but> <laughs> uh, Chaganti, sorry, Chaganti, um, is that he is able to underpin the emotional resonance behind a technological action. So uh, that's what you see in the Google Glass commercial. That's what you see in all of his commercials. Is that he 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 whittles down the emotional core of what a piece of technology is doing and he does that really really well um and if we're going to get into first thoughts for this particular film yes please do i think that is the 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 most striking thing about this particular film is that is that there is a uh, obviously a technological conceit which forces you to kind of reckon with it right at the very beginning of the film it's basically uh you know you only see things through a computer screen uh, and you only see narrative being told through the way people interact with computer screens. But what is striking is that for me, uh, at least in the, f- I kind of forgot about that conceit pretty quickly. I, in about about five to ten minutes, I was kind of, completely unaware that that was what was happening. And I was just invested in character mm-hmm. and I was invested in what people were thinking and how they were doing it. And all the technological interactions were basically about character. There was never any moment where someone was like doing something where I was like, Oh, that's a really cool use of technology. All I was thinking was, Oh, that's what that person would do right. to, in order to get what they want. Uh, and it happened to be through this medium of technology. So I thought, um, the understanding how technology has a direct relationship with story is kind of uh, is kind of remarkable for this movie. It doesn't ever feel like they're doing technology for the sake of technology.
0: Well, there's a, there's an interesting thing uh, just to jump off of your point there um, uh, and I hate to always go, always bring it back st- uh, to extra credits but it's been on my brain a lot because I read a lot of the scripts and I, I voice them. There's something that we just released I think a week ago or maybe at this point like two or three it's called How Games Challenge Us. Mm-hmm. And one thing, it's normally a reflex challenge or a puzzle type challenge, right? Yeah. But we're talking about how other ways uh, games or media really can challenge us and one is an empathy challenge yeah so one of the, the examples that this film actually does that we speak about in this is a game or a film could basically have like the moment when as a human being when we're talking for instance um you ever you'd be texting with someone and they're taking a little longer than usual and you see the three dots and they disappear and you see the three dots and they disappear and you already know that something is not like smooth or right with the conversation and that might prompt you to be like is everything okay? Are you all right? Yeah. Um, games where we're talking about like games have the opportunity to do that at like cheap cost. The the, the film sort of what you were saying too. Um, it, give, it can give you incredible emotional resonance with this shorthand that we all understand. Yeah. Um, and imagine if this. I mean, it, uh, uh, showing this to someone 15 years ago with no context, they'd yeah. be like, "What, sh- what? look
1: I mean, I think 15 years ago, this would look like Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it. But what's amazing is that it looks like. It, it there's nothing unfamiliar about anything they're doing to anyone who uses who lives day-to-day say, technology. Yeah, I would say 99% of our listeners would would be very
0: comfortable in yeah. this world. Um and and another thing that I really respected about it and and, and th- this is the thing and I I know we've gone back and forth on the concept of gimmick yeah. and, and how I it is it in my opinion it can be both insulting and uh a compliment and in this in this sort of way i'm going to use it maybe the word itself isn't a compliment but the fact that it overcomes it is a compliment yeah. i think this is a hardcore gimmick film that you're right 10 minutes in i've kind of forgot about the gimmick even when it did things that are so hard that I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I wasn't thinking I'm in a computer movie. I was yeah. thinking they're using a, a shorthand that I understand very aptly and well. The the screensaver for the Mac being something creepy when he's missing calls." Yeah. And I was like, "Shit." Yeah. Like I was more impressed with the fact that I my brain forgot about the gimmick. Yeah. And that's something that is that, it, that means to me that something built around that is incredibly successful in that regard. Um I think that The, I I loved that not only did it sort of understand. You know, current day-to-day technology, but there were moments in it that were very smart and and told you as an audience member if you if you were paying attention or wanted to you know see these sort of things that this film both respected and understood technology not just from today but from forever ago. Yes. The first one they boot up is a Windows ninety five machine or a Windows XP machine, yeah. and at one point he has to go back and like boot up his old computer to yeah. get like files off it and shit. <laughs> and like the, the the way that it just sort of based on time period of the film because this movie as it opened without getting into too much spoiler uh too much spoilers in, in the beginning, it uh quote ups you very hard. Yeah. Um thanks Pixar for making that a verb. Yeah. Um so uh, you know, it goes through the uh, ver- uh, 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 you know the chronology of this uh, of this family's life. Yeah, and through that you see how the technology changes.
1: Yeah, and you see how the technology changes, and how 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 I think the other thing as well is that technology is not the villain in this. Film. No, technology is actually it's a tool. It's a it's a it's it's a communication tool that has positive. Benefits, yeah, in every respect, in this film, like there's never a point in which technology is the bad guy or
0: or does something that that detrimentally affects what they do, as he, they do. He would have never been able to find his daughter had the technology not been there. I guess you could argue... Or as quickly. I guess you could argue,
1: though, had the technology not existed, the daughter might not have ended up in that situation. Possibly. Perhaps.
0: Possibly. Perhaps. No, no, because, uh, and again, I, I feel like now that I've uh, heaped praise a little bit on this film, I will begin to uh, to shine the light to show you where the cracks are. Um, yeah. Sadly, other than um, John Cho and um, who played uh, Margot? Uh, Michelle La. Yeah. Um, I think the acting and script in this film are kind of atrocious atrocious yeah well Hmm. uh, writing is average Hmm. acting is atrocious they got a lot of I think actors to do stuff that basically called for voice actors right and I don't know if they were always the right choice because every time one of the other anyone who was other than those two and maybe his brother in the film Hmm. uh was speaking like over the phone or whatever I was like it was so inhuman yeah I was like is he, like, in a simulation, or am I missing, like, a thing, or is there, like, a big-ass twist coming, like, at the end of this, like, that means <laughs> that, that, like... Everyone was a robot? Every, everyone's a robot. He's in he's in a, a game himself, or he's in... Uh, it's something like the movie The Game, like the Michael Douglas thing. Like, something <laughs> like... that. Like, I didn't... Because no one was speaking like an actual human. Right. And that... And, and again, this is both an insult and a compliment to this film, because <laughs> the gimmick washed over me and was so, so... Uh, effectively used to tell a narrative. And it, I didn't I didn't think of it as a gimmick again until the film was over. But every time an actor other than the leads spoke, yeah. I was like it knocked me back into oh, this is a bad movie, even though it's not. <laughs> but it knocked my brain into that space. I think that would have been um fixed had they hired actual voice actors instead of well, standardized I, actors. I I uh
1: yeah, I agree. There's a point at which where there's a lot of uh, conversations that are happening where you're not seeing the actors, you're just hearing the actor, and they don't sound, you know, very human. Um, but I, I, I just kind of chalk that up to the limitations of. Um you know being a low budget movie that you know that was using a technology with a first time director that was kind of so in, interesting you should you should listen to that podcast the ringer because they talk about how this film got made sure. and and there's a really interesting process that they went through for this which is they basically i think for 7 or 8 weeks sat down and and animated out the film mm-hmm. exactly by building all the screens and and so and with just the director kind of acting sure. the whole thing out and then they went when they when it came to filming which they filmed over 13 days with basically a GoPro camera um, they filmed uh, all of those scenes just to fill in those holes right um, I agree with you there that the that occasionally the acting doesn't work and and I and I would actually even agree that so, uh, occasionally it feels like uh, John Cho Deborah missing who are actors that I really like uh, don't know how to kind of perform in this in this space, you know, like basically with with uh, nothing in front of them, because they're not performing against other actors. They're basically in a room by right. themselves with the director, kind of just talking in their
0: ears. Deborah Messing, I I love Deborah yeah. Messing, and I thought this was the worst thing I'd ever seen her in. I, I thought what, she was terrible, and it I, sucks.
1: I, I will I will get into exactly why okay. I think there's a problem with Deborah Messing's character, well, yeah, uh, and, and, and her performance. Um, but I think um, it, it's sort of an unusual space for a film to be made in and it's and to me i think the film was always a success because i will occasionally think about that but i'm more the what i'm thinking about more is how successfully it pulls off most of the things that i think it wants to do um there's a there's sort of a an interesting um thought process to how this film kind of works in terms of characterization and how we basically have to learn character, learn the language of characters through the way they interact with technology. And I think this is one of those cases where we don't need to see a lot of backstory about who John Chu is, what he does, all that sort of stuff to understand how he works, because the technology allows us to see that, you know, like we see him hesitate on sending a text message. We see him kind of like, uh, not understand how, how Tumblr works. And then we see him then on the opposite side of that, you know, just through thought process or just through seeing the actions of the computer, figure out what his thought processes are on on how to get his daughter's password. And I think that is really what, what I like about that in terms of being a success is that it is a, uh, the film, really never tries to amp up the drama in those scenes other than doing what you would have to do on a computer screen. Mm -hmm. Like, it never goes... You know, it never puts him in a speeding car to amp up the drama to try and like, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. All it does is say, okay, how are you going to solve this problem? How is this character going to solve the problem? And and in that regards, I thought it always worked. I, You know, like, like him going to Facebook and pulling down all his, you know, his daughter's friend's faces and then creating a, spr- a Google Doc yep. and then writing, you know, like all those interactions. While the conversations were like a little clunky, I was still more like. Oh this is really good thinking and I and I as an audience member and invested in the outcome of what he's doing.
0: I, I agree. I was invested in the outcome of what he was doing. I, I uh, sadly, I don't think the film sort of pays it off in the end, which we can get to then. The but the, going back to what you said about sort of figuring out the password and all that jazz. Um, uh, the couple of articles I read before I watched this uh, was talking about like, oh my god, like this is show this is going to sh- this kind of shows like how uh, a parent can get into a kid, you know, their kid's stuff. And and I was like, yeah, if
1: if they're if they're the
0: good. if the parent if the kid never made their own. Email and if you made all their emails, then or if yep. they
1: didn't have a login to the computer. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of but but uh, you know like but I didn't again, care in the moment. I didn't care in the moment. There is a third act problem with this movie, and and so let's let's kind of divorce the technology from the actual narrative. A hey, little bit. you
0: know what we should do? We should divorce the narrative and the technology. Okay, okay. Let's, uh, let's let's divorce. Let's
1: let's uh, shake on this. Let's uh, let's do like a little divorce <laughs> here. Um, we should divorce the narrative from the technology and think about what the narrative is doing. Now the narrative is is again it's in the genre that i love it's a uh, true crime thriller or crime thrillers um so these are you know like we talked about this before these are uh the kinds of movies that i absolutely love yes uh, well, well within my wheelhouse so it's got all the tenets of that which is that the the disappearance of a family member and then the pursuit and search and the procedural of trying to find that family member uh, along the way there are many uh narrative reveals and dead ends which suggest one thing a la scooby-doo uh and then reveal something else yes um, in my opinion, where this really, where this kind of genre really successfully works is when, um, for example, the film we reviewed earlier this year, Prisoners, is part of our listener equation. Oh, yes. Um, when, when the narrative con- uh, conceit well, the narrative storytelling connects to a thematic idea that this film is trying to pursue. And there is that in this movie. Um, there is this idea about the links to which parents will go to protect their children, um, and and that is a, that is a thread that is tied through the entire movie. And the only problem is is that it's it goes to a place by the third act uh, without giving away spoilers that it does reach for that, and it does it actually does work. But the performance and the writing in that particular moment doesn't escalate to where we really understand the motivations of that character. Uh, and I think you know, we're, we're talking about the Deborah Missing character uh, here, where we basically, uh, without giving away spoilers, we learn something about her. Uh, unfortunately, the performance and the writing doesn't allow us to really, really, really understand, or, or at least, in my opinion, the way this always works the best is when we kind of empathize. With what they're doing, right? And and this film kind of doesn't do that. Now it's in my mind again. It's uh, it's a uh, you know, look again, first time filmmaker, twenty seven years old. Hey, sure, you know what I mean. Um, it, it m- this movie is more successful than than not, in my opinion, and 100%. that is and that is one of those things that to me is not successful. But but on the whole, I am still on board with this movie for the innovations that it makes and for and for the 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 successes that it actually has.
0: yeah I, I always find it interesting though and I, I agree with the the heaps of praise at at the end of that uh, statement you just made. however, I always find it interesting that when something, a film like this, is large conceit is, say, something that's technological or a, a, a gimmick that works incredibly well, that you know people studied and made work and, like, figured out the the minutiae and worked super hard on making it come out uh, cool and not only cool but, like, relatable, understandable and something that will instantly wash over you. Yeah. But then they ignore the things that actually will will really hold the, the it together over the test of time. Like this movie I think would have been something that I would have returned to many times had, had the story itself yeah. been stronger, had the acting been stronger, had the third act been stronger and not necessarily, there was a lot of, um there was one or two like solid, like true red herrings mm-hmm. that once the red herring was twisted, you you look back and you're like this was set up so hard for you in the beginning. Like there was there was two in particular we'll talk about where I was like okay that's going to be a thing that's not true. That's going to be a thing that's not true. And then when the thing that is quote true happens, it comes out of left field and is given to us in a very like and now I will tell you my master yeah. plan. It's and the I was psycho, like
1: the the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho ending where you know like someone comes out and explains everything that
0: happened. Yeah, and I don't like that.
1: Now I I. I I don't disagree with you. I guess I'm more um I'm more on the side of saying again I I actually think all that stuff works. It's an execution problem at that point. Like I th- I actually think the narrative conceit that the film has by the end and the twist actually kind of all functions within the framework of the story, but it's not executed well. No. Um and and that but but again, I think for example, here's a, here's another film like this where uh, I think this is it's maybe suffers from the same problem. It's been a long time since I saw this, but the the original Soul movie, sure, the original Soul movie is, has got such a sort of jarring final act mm-hmm. um, that is it doesn't quite land. You know, like the reveal of how it's all working, but. I'm so on board with the movie at this point that it doesn't really matter, and it's more a case of execution. And by the time James Wan, who directed yeah. uh, the original Saw with Lee Wannell, um, by the time they get to The Conjuring, mm-hmm. they like you know that is a problem that they are long past in their head. hundred percent, you know they're much much beyond. But so I, I guess the only thing I take. Umbrage with is when you describe it as atrocious.
0: I don't think it's atrocious. No, I, th- no, I, I said I said uh, one actor's performance was atrocious. I think you said the writing was atrocious. Oh, the writing is w- by the by the third act. And any other character that is not Margot or John Joe, then yes, it is. And, I, but, I,
1: I think that's too harsh a criticism for the for again how
0: successful this film. No, is. no, no. But also, I'm not going to leverage what I think a director's future successes will be on their current film. No, no. Like, but I, but, I think-
1: but I and I'm not suggesting that either. What I'm suggesting is is that it's not atrocious. It's just there is a a level of execution oh, that doesn't play
0: in. Atrocious, I, I feel like... Says, I did actually back. take atrocious back now that I'm, I said the writing was average. Right. That's what I, I... I said atrocious for both of them, so just to clarify, I okay. said the writing okay. was average. But again, when you have pinnacles, when you have peaks of this film being the, 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 the gimmick of using the computers and everything that works so well, it actually shines more of a light onto the things that are just average and in a weird way makes them feel worse to me than they would if the entire film was average average now now he, this is this is something that i think is um slightly important from my experience i want like this film you're 100 percent correct structurally story-wise it holds up enough it's yeah. it, the the uh, analogy I would use is like yes, a uh, a building that is uh, big, square, and concrete will hold people. There's no question, but like I don't think if you don't, you know, you don't put stuff inside of it, or you don't like, uh, you know, make it nicer, some sort of a- aesthetically pleasing design, it's not as good as it could be. Like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, so while this does hold the story, they they could have added. Uh, a couple pages here or there of sort of character development or interaction that would make what happens at the end, not, I don't want to say make sense because everything does everything make sense, makes sense but yeah. it does not resonate. Like the, the core conceit of the beginning of this film that uh, John Cho doesn't know his daughter and there is an estrangement between him and his daughter is actually never really addressed. It's cleared up. But the, fir- the thing that tells that the first two ha- thirds of this film tell you is important, it kind of throws out the window and just goes straight with the standard procedural find the daughter narrative. And that at the end, because uh, now we're getting into spoilers, I guess, that she's found. Everything's okay, and and there is a, there's a small moment there's at the very end of the film with the and again using the technology with the text and the waiting and what a uh, text he meant to send before and deleted and he sends it. Yes, it is subtle and it is it is a nice sort of nod. But you told me a thing was hyper important for two thirds of your movie, and then to just have one little thing at the end that really speaks to what I was told was important felt jarring and and kind of it felt like a mistake. Hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't describe it as a mistake. I, I, I think,
1: uh, I think, I think it doesn't less quite effective l- than it could be. Yeah, I don't think it lands as as effectively as good. I actually, but no, no, that that's not true. I like that ending. I, I like the fact that he sent nice that ending. particular text message that he didn't send in the beginning. I think that's the character journey for that character, and it works. Um, I think the thing that doesn't quite necessarily land is the exposition
0: around what actually happened to the daughter I think it's why the daughter is gone and what happened to the daughter I think both are not treated with enough time and care
1: um we should jump into spoilers let's here let's do it so so now we've divorced the narrative from the technology sure. now we're going to marry the narrative and the technology with spoilers okay in a in a sort of uh polygamous Relationship, okay. In this harem of only movie podcast analogy. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, and. Let's <laughs> So so the big reveal here is that the big bad Ala Scooby Doo is Dibra missing. What raggy. Yeah, who who didn't just get assigned to this case, no. but volunteered for it. Mm. Um and also that uh Margaret his daughter is actually alive even after being uh um de- claimed deceased at some point during
0: the movie. Yes, someone uh, admitted to her murder. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um now I again I think all of that stuff works uh, like like there's nothing in the film that isn't set up. So for example, when Deborah Messing, you know, reveals that it was her, her son that had a relationship with the daughter or that basically catfished the daughter and ended up killing her. Um, we, we've learned previously that Deborah Messing's character, her name is Vic, yep. by the way, uh, had, uh, you know, tells the story of how she found out that her son had, you know, uh, gone around the neighborhood and asked for $25 from everyone. And she covered it, you know, like she basically went along with the lie, which sets up the idea that, there's an extrapolation towards the end of the movie it's a nice character moment it's a nice character moment it is basically the idea that you know we we don't know our kids and um we are willing to do anything to protect even the worst parts about them and and i i i think the ending which reveals that that is what she does makes sense unfortunately what happens is and this is the performance and writing part for just this moment Uh, and and one subsequent moment, so these are the criticisms I have of the film, is that essentially what we're... What needs to happen here, in my opinion, is Deborah missing needs to be the inverse version of John Cho. She is the version of John Cho that, if left unchecked, his his inability to deal with his daughter's actions or his inability to connect with his daughter, if left unchecked, she is a mirror, inverted mirror sure. reflection of what he will become. Mm-hmm. And she's not. No. She basically, at the end of the movie, just sort of calmly and procedurally explains exactly what happens in this, sort of in, in this interview, which kind of str- uh, stretches the credulity of how he would see that as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, living on a screen. But it, you know, uh, again, they do so much work to like, make sure that everything lands on a screen that yeah. I thought was kind of great. Um, and we don't really get to enjoy or, or empathize with her perspective on, the, on this in a way that, that is meaningful. Um, and unfortunately that lets that final act down because I think if that final act had really, as you said, um, dwelled in this moment and really thought about the implications of this moment, then I think it would have really landed. The other thing is, um, I, the, the, the reveal that Margaret is still alive again, works because the, the narrative conceit is set up that, um, That, you know, like while she was missing for five days, um, within two days, there was a torrential downpour, which means she would have had access to water or something like that. Uh, I get it. It unfortunately is not narratively satisfying. It it makes you, it, it feels cheap. Um, But uh, two things. Uh, One is uh, uh, this video essay by Patrick Williams that uh, talks about plot holes not mattering. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like plot holes is basically a shortcut for us saying that we just don't like a movie. Um, I I don't kind of 100% agree, but but there are two cases uh, this year that I think actually work in that respect. And one is A Quiet Place, which I really enjoyed despite kind of not plot holes, but plot contrivances that don't necessarily land. But I still think I was 100% on board for that movie, so it actually worked. And then for, uh, for this one, there are plot contrivances that kind of, um, that you could argue take you out of the story, but I don't think they do. Uh, I think there's an execution problem, which, which, which happens towards the, the back end of this film. Um, and, and, and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's also, again, you know, like I said, the movie is more successful than it is not. One final thought before, uh, before I hand it over, um, I love, because uh, this is in San Jose, California. Yes. I used to live in uh, Irvine. I went to college in, in, in UC Irvine. Uh, and I lived in California for a while. The amazing thing about this that, that I don't think what – I, what, I, what I love is that they, they don't actually make mention of this fact, but it's just the way it is, is this – the people in this film look like the people that lived in California when I was there. Uh, they are Asian. They are Indian. They are, you know, they are all, all ranges of, of ethnicities, and it's never once uttered. And it makes – it really – to me, it made me think about how every movie set in California – uh, tends to not feature that many Asian people Yeah. when my experience of it was all Asian people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like in every community I went to in, in my college, it was all Asian people. And I was like, I love that this film is just, Taking that and just doing it and in, and it's it's in in essence uh, it's being the change that we want without having to address it,
0: yeah, well, uh, that is the change it's that, yeah. that's the that's yeah. it yeah yeah, no, that's great uh I love that um I think as far as uh, again i i the first two thirds I have to go back to the fact like had me emotionally invested, yeah, but I was emotionally invested in something honestly that didn't pay off for me. The mystery was not. Yeah. The the where is Margot didn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. It was more why is Margot, mm-hmm. and it actually brought up a, a point that I I hope we get to see in the near future in in movies and games or whatever. Where like I feel like this movie felt as as though like it 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 went through a thing where it was. The script maybe was nearly done, but then someone was like, well, it doesn't feel like the stakes are high enough or it doesn't feel like, you know, something. And so they had to add in a bit more of like murder or something like I don't know where or what, but it, it what I would be interested in seeing, to mm-hmm. be honest, would be more exploration of the relationship between John Cho and Margot, mm-hmm. and why Margot left. I'd like to see somewhat of a, a clues and possibly a confrontation with, between them at some point, because in the film we don't actually see too many interactions that would warrant anything like that. It was more of like you, you um, sort of glean or, or imagine a slow burn of why she would do what she did. Yeah. Um, Also, I think it would be, I think finding your daughter who ran away and dealing with that is a far more interesting story and conceit than finding the person who possibly murdered her. Like there's, because we've seen that story a trillion fucking times. Yeah. And I would like to see more of what was kind of promised in the, uh, in the in the first two thirds of the film and be like, I wish he used his relationship with his daughter to find her along with this technology. I wish rather than hacking into something he was vastly unfamiliar with, I wish he used like, cause if he, if he had found her using clues sort of knowing her, yeah. it would make the emotional conceit of the ending where like they're fine and he actually knows her better. Yeah. And it, I, I wanna see I wanna see the use of this sort of gimmick or, or or things in this in this ilk to tell, I guess for lack of a better term, and this might not be correct, but smaller stories. Yeah. I don't need it to be a murder. I don't need it to be a highly confrontational thing. I'd rather see a piece about a father and a daughter that are estranged, sort of the the finding of that and figuring out why it happened and how they can rectify it. <laughs> This, I feel like by the third act is like, well, we got to crank this up, but it didn't, it almost didn't trust in its, it felt like this again, this is me. uh, I'm putting myself on it. It felt while I was watching it, when that hit that sort of third act and things started really hitting the fan, it didn't trust its own uh, emotional side of its narrative to carry us through. And it had to use the cheaper shorthand that most thrillers do as opposed to leaning into its strengths of the shorthand it already used until like the very end of the film. So it was that was the moment where it kind of broke for me. And I also I want to sort of flip back to say, I think this is a film. I hope everyone that's listening has seen it. And also people that are listening to this haven't read too much about the film because I think that that might have affected how I went into it or what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I was sort of (laughs) promised by various reviewers that this is one of the best films of the year. And I don't particularly agree. I think it's highly effective. I okay. guess we're are we getting into? Yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of. I'll start my final thoughts because unless we have more, things... I, I have that, things I want to talk about. Okay, uh, then go for it. Go for it. Well, I'm sorry. The
1: the the thing that um, you kind of mentioned there about the the father daughter relationship. One of the things that we've seen, well, I've seen this year is that you know becoming a dad has made me uh, narratively invested in films that have to do with the parent child relationship, and in ways that weren't uh, true. Well, that were true for me before I was a parent, but. But, but more so true for me now. So, for example, the opening scene of a quiet place yeah. is a f- it just you know sent me over the edge kind of thing. Um, uh, in this case, you know, this is a film about the relationship, the the strained relationship between a father and daughter after the loss of the mother. Um, and I agree with you. I would think that that would have me invested in the emotional outcome of this story, and it and it wasn't. I wasn't uh, I wasn't emotionally invested by the end of this movie uh-huh. uh, with what was happening with the daughter. I think the reveals, uh, I think, uh, sort of the way this narrative needs to work, and again, this is just the, the you know loosely borrowing from what my understanding of the genre that I like mm-hmm. is that it works best when the procedural is more of an exploration of who the daughter is and how the relationship yes. works. And and you know again, a film like Prisoners explores that to its fullest extent because Pr- Prisoners is about the um, the limits to which uh, the limits of morality that a character has, mm-hmm. and and the procedural there test the limits of morality of that character. And so in this film, if we were to apply that kind of structure to it, the film is about... The detachment estrangement between this father and daughter since the death of their mother and the separation the the kind of inciting incident the procedural should test that detachment and, and it does to an extent I again I think everything's there you know like the idea that he doesn't understand his daughter he doesn't know that she's a loner he doesn't understand that her you know like he's forcing her to go to these piano lessons but these piano lessons are reminding her of his mother that he's not talking about that all kind of it makes sense but it doesn't emotionally resonate in the way that I think it's supposed to, and it has to do with this third act, which kind of becomes more procedural. Now, the third act is kind of connected to that story as well because Deborah, you know Vic's character has the same dilemma with her child and we, is basically going through the same thing.
0: I think the reason why it doesn't connect just with John Cho's character is because he, we we're we're told through the thing that he doesn't know his daughter but we never actually experience him not knowing his daughter every time we see an interaction with them it seems totally fine
1: there is one scene uh where uh, we're on um Uchat i think it's called or yeah. UCAS, yeah, which is the the fictional site you know of all the things they make they make that fictional site and there's a scene where yeah, uh, yeah. she's a she basically it's it's the mother's birthday and he walks in and instead of you know, he's like, I wanna you know, like I wa- I forgot to tell you. And he wants to express this thing about his uh, about his dead wife. Um, but he can't and instead he just talks about the, you know, like let's watch T V to their own yeah. the voice. And I think that's his coping mechanism is not to talk about it. Um and that's probably the thing that drives her away. Sure. But but it's not it's not it doesn't land as effectively as I think we would hope it would, and we don't uh, We don't see David's character kind of dwelling in, re- in the realization that that was the moment.
0: It's also mm-hmm. a father, you could uh, tell, trying to reach out to his kid and messing it up, of course. But, yeah. like, it's still a very kind gesture, and they're going to, like, ha- spend time together. He mm-hmm. wasn't, like, shut down or distant or anything. It seemed like he was very involved in her life, and then yeah. she just started keeping things from. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't it seemed to nothing he did ever in that film led me to believe that she would have been so unhappy to have even uh, contemplated the running away.
1: I, you know what I liked about the film as well, though, is the relationship felt true to relation, father, daughter, or family, familial relationships that I've seen in my life. Okay. Um, Particularly in the South Asian community, uh, you know, there is a, there's a stringent pressure upon which parents put their kids, uh, put upon their kids to succeed. You know, the, the tiger mom phenomenon kind of thing. Um... And, and this felt true to that and, and, and I guess what I've seen in that respect, again, I, I, don't, I don't mean this to be like uh, a, a sort of uh, apology for the way it's handled in this film or the way it doesn't quite resonate in this film but what I've seen in those relationships is that there is a, uh, a resentment from the child to the parent because of the... Pr- it's, it's not because the parent is neglectful or the parent isn't loving. There's this resentment of the pressure that that child has thrust upon them. And I, I I I've seen that play out in ways where there is a you know horrible uh you know it's almost as though the parent was a was sure. abusing the child. But that's not in this movie. Yeah it doesn't well <laughs> it's there but it's not it doesn't land. No, I
0: it? mean, I would say we're taking, uh, you know, cultural things we've mm. experienced yeah. in that case, and putting it onto what this possibly could be. The film mm. does not show that. The example for me is the piano lesson. But but they, he's never like you need to take these. That like that's that's more of what you're describing as opposed to just being like I I truly believe in this narrative that the world set up yes. that if if Margot said to to John Cho, I have to remember David Kim. Yeah. If Margot said to David. Uh, I don't want to take these piano lessons anymore. He would be like, well, why? You love piano. And he wouldn't be like, you should, you have to take these lessons. He would have been like, okay, I understand. Like, right. that's the character I was shown. So to portray it as that otherwise, it does, that doesn't click with me in that regard. I'm not saying those relationships don't exist. They 100% exist yeah, in yeah. The real life. But that's just not in this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you that the that the way, I guess my thing here is that I think it's all there. It's just not. Clicking, and 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 the way it clicks is by expanding some ideas and reducing some. It's 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 ba- you know, in the cooking analogy, it's the reduction of the sauce is not quite balanced at this point, and
0: and and you know I think. And I, I'm sorry. I think that it's not working. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's not clicking because it's not all there. You,
1: you think there? I think specific. it's.
0: I think it's the. Uh, it's it's the same problem, but sort of. I think we're the yin and the yang of of what the actual. Yeah, whereas whereas
1: yeah. I, I think everything's there, just not quite to the to the quantities that they need to be, or to the listen of quantities.
0: And I think the quantities aren't there because the stuff isn't. What are we making here? Are we uh, making? Uh, oh, gumbo uh, paella. Oh, I thought we were making gumbo, uh, like which the, is kind
1: of similar. No, but they make gumbo in the film.
0: Oh, remember that yeah. the,
1: the brother is making like oh, a, uh, is, a kimchi gumbo. Yeah, yeah. Let's make that. Let's make a, a kimchi gumbo. Doesn't sound. No. I'm not a big fan of kimchi, by the way. Well, kimchi's fine. Uh, to all the uh, to all the Korean listeners here, I apologize, but I'm not. I'm not the biggest. I fan like of kimchi. kimchi. I'm not, I'm I love line. Korean food, but kimchi is not one of those mm. things that I I guess I I don't even like. Um, and this is a strange reveal: is that <laughs> is my family owns a pickle farm. <laughs> and I don't like pickled foods. <laughs> so, well, that might
0: explain why. Like, Maybe I, I we like... should do a film revolving around you, skyping with your family on the pickle farm. Yeah. About how you don't like pickles and where that actually came from. But then in the third act, murder.
1: Yeah, murder. No, it's generally just being a a fussy eater as a kid, you know, and never getting over it. Um, no, look I, I, I. To to me, the the successes of this films outweighs the negatives, and there there are. Are negative. There are criticisms to be had about this film. Certainly within the third act, I don't think it lands. I don't think it works. Uh, despite having, in my opinion, all the elements there to work, uh, it just feels like a little bit, um, uh, a little bit of a uh, of an imbalance. You know, chalk it up to first time filmmaker, low budget, perhaps, maybe one of those two things. Maybe you know, like. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to point it at the script because I think again I think all the elements are there and it's just a matter of execution and balance, uh, as all things as all things should be. Thanks, uh, Thanos. <laughs> there you go. Uh, first MCU reference from me. Sing. <laughs> uh, Last
0: week James brought up the MCU before. I, I, I heard. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Um,
1: so uh, I the other th- the other side of this the reason why I am on board with the reviews uh, hyping this film up is that the. The innovation that this film displays are worth the price of admission. Yes, um, uh, are one hundred percent worth the price of admission. And 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 I think and I believe as well that the um, that uh, in the right context, the emotional weight of the things that are happening would work. Mm-hmm. I, I for me they they personally didn't, and, and I can tell and and I I think I've explained why I think right. they didn't. Uh, but I think if you're on board to seeing a father daughter missing, you know. Gone girl, kind of relationship play out. Uh, it's not as good as gone girl, but, but, but. <laughs> I think that I think it actually does work. And again, also seeing Asian faces, like like like, I cannot quantify how important that is. We did, we didn't review, we haven't reviewed Crazy Rich Asians right. um, this time around, but we we had this come up in our Ocean's Eight review as well, which was that I didn't think that was a great movie, but I did acknowledge the fact of going to see a movie with all women uh, has a, is a powerful reason to go to the movie. Sure. And 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 I can't sort of. Uh, quantify how powerful it is for me personally seeing a young indian filmmaker making a film with a predominantly asian cast yeah i think that you know like i'm writing a screenplay right now where i'm going you know we had this conversation on our on our can batman be black um episode where i was you know i was saying i default every character to white as a as a sort of mechanism to say that this is a movie you know therefore all the characters are white right seeing this movie um, made me reconsider that uh, uh, on the screenplay I'm writing right now where I'm like, you know what? why can't all these ca- characters be Asian? And if they are, then I should deal with that and and you know write about that and make that part of the film. and I don't and and seeing how that this film could be successful, seeing John Cho as a leading man, mm-hmm. re, you know acknowledging that John Cho should be, as important a leading man as James Franco is, right? Um, you know, makes me go, "Oh yeah, it's me that's the problem here." You know, like it's me that's that's not seeing the potential, and a film like this is showing me that. Sure, and and so that is powerful to me, and that's why I'm okay with the reviews hyping this as well.
0: Well, So you're kind of okay with the metatextualness of the review? or no, sorry, you're you're okay with the effect of the reviews, even though which is fine. It's totally okay, as opposed to like, let me. I'll back up. <laughs> I. I think all the press that I've seen for this overall uh, being uh, sort of glowing mm-hmm. is overall a good thing for all of the reasons that you've listed. Uh, I want I want more eyeballs to see this film. I think the things that it really wants to focus on, it does very well. I think the representation is 100% on point. I think that, um, again, smaller films to larger audiences only can help. Uh, but I do wish that um, I was you know i i it, it the, the the problems with the film that that i had that and you had too i was never brought up anywhere that i read mm-hmm. um and i i I I do do I would I rather have this movie be uh have glowing praise so that more people see it than be like well actually it doesn't really tie on the emotional aspect yes of course but it did set me up to have a bit more of a high expectation than I would have and that is on me uh, as well as sort of you know reading things um I guess my final thought is you should see this film because it is literally a for lack of a better term slice of technological technological life in 2018 that you have never seen portrayed as accurately or as correct uh in a film before i i would stand by that statement i think it makes you um almost to the point more aware of of the emotional tie you have with the type of technology that you use. And by that, I mean, there's maybe so the the emotional responses you can have from the technology that you are uh, experiencing. Um, I think the main actors do a good job. I think the script itself, while structurally sound, the, the, um, the dialogue is uh, fairly pedantic. Uh, I think That given some more context into the first of the more relationship aspects of the film in the first two thirds of the movie, if that was sort of tied back more thematically, a la prisoners, um, I think it would have been easily one of my favorite films in the year. It just didn't quite stick that. Um, So while I do think it is good and I do think that everyone should see it for all of the plethora of reasons we've said, I can't be like this is it doesn't fall in my top. Uh, for this year thus far. No, no, no. And I, I, I uh,
1: certainly agree with that. I think um, I was just thinking a little bit about my reaction to Oceans 8 yeah. versus this and that question of representation versus narrative. Mm. And in my opinion, the thing here is that the narrative is pretty good in this one. Like I was invested in what was happening, whereas in Oceans 8, I wasn't. Um, and so the question, I think the sort of the response that I had to Oceans 8 was – I like that this is a film about representation, but I just wish it was a better film, and I can't recommend it for that reason. Whereas this, in this case, I like that this is about representation, but I think and I and I think this is a pretty good film, uh, and I can recommend it for that reason. Um, the there's a sort of a, I, wanna, I I don't want to I I have been thinking a lot about my Ocean's Eight response because <laughs> because I still don't respond well to that movie, um, but I think I can I, I think the rationalization that I have for recommending this over that. Uh, still stands because it makes sense to me that this is a better movie than that.
0: I don't know... I don't know if, and I don't want to get because we're at the end of the podcast. I don't know if I think this is a better movie than that. Really? Because <laughs> because and, and and I'm not saying from a but like I would have to take a lot of time and weigh the pros and cons of yeah. all of them. They both have blaring uh, like heights and and pretty bad flaws. And I would I I, I I don't think Ocean's Eight has the heights of this. Ocean's Eight has the heights of this in the sense yeah. of it is a movie that up, you know, up until recently, for instance, uh, that never had sort of the budget or the, the, you know, the ad dollars or whatever you want for this level of like fun, big budget heist film for all women of, of multiple ethnicities that hadn't been like, so like, that's an important thing anyway, even though it is silly and popcorn and kind of nonsense, it sets up a world that is silly popcorn and kind of nonsense and sticks to it. So that's fine. What, and that works for me because I know what I'm going in for when I go in for For it. This film, while a lot of it does work for me on a narrative level, it takes two thirds of the film that tells me that something is important, the relationship, and then it sort of puts that on, it doesn't get rid of it, but it puts it on the back burner for a very procedural thing at the end, and it kind of switches. It, it, it switches what it tells me is important. Oceans 8 tells me that the interaction between these women and the fun you're going to have watching the film is important. Whereas this film tells me for the first two thirds, the father-daughter relationship is important. Then for the last third, it's like the who done it is the only thing that matters, and then there's one sort of throwback to it. So, and again, I, I'm i saying literally just off the top of my head, I liked Oceans 8 better. Right. But, but I could go in a deep dive and maybe find more flaws to sort of like weigh it out. And this isn't By like leaps and bounds. Yeah. But like,
1: I, so I would just, I would completely uh, uh, obviously from personal Flip-flop. opinion, 100% disagree. Yeah. I think Ocean's 8 is a much worse movie and this is a fairly good movie. Uh, and 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 I it's fairly good because of the heights and the emotional interest I had in what was happening whereas I didn't have much interest in right. what was happening in Ocean's yeah. 8. Uh, regardless of the 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 metatextual right. surroundings of it. So in in I guess in my balance of equations the metatextual is secondary to narrative. And in, and if you place it in those terms Ocean's 8 is a far lesser film because the narrative is far less interesting. And and even in that sort of tongue-in-cheek, kind of let's-just-have-some-fun kind of way, I was just not interested in that movie. Whereas this... I was interested in what was happening, and I was engaged in what was happening.
0: The narrative Uh, in this would have been better if it had actually stuck. What the landing was that it told me was important. I think for me, you you made that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: the uh, the only uh, I think I'll I'll, the the closing of this is uh, what what
0: I would say is
1: uh, I was listening to an interview with Ethan Hawke, and he was talking to uh, talking about uh, a conversation that he had with Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader is the director of the film First Reformed. Ah. He also wrote Taxi Driver, Um, and Paul Schrader was saying something. You know, like. Like they were talking about like uh, what makes great cinema, and Paul Schrader said something along the lines of uh, the best movies are the ones that begin as you walk out of the theater, and the problem with this movie is that the movie ends it, it, it ends completely resolutely uh, uh, at the at the end of this film. So there's not a lot to like walk away from thinking about, um, and 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 I think you know like uh, it's an axiom that that that. Uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and Paul Fredder were talking about in relation to their movie. Right. But I think it applies to the way I think about this movie, which is that I think it's a very, very good movie. I think it actually – narrative the narrative stakes are there. The writing is all the, – the actual – the narrative construction is all there for the thriller. Then it's layered upon that with the technological aspect that is treated with respect and dignity and mm-hmm. and kind of and true to what we understand about technology. And that makes it, it makes it exciting. Um, does the film resonate beyond that? Does the emotional weight of this father daughter relationship for me actually land? Not really. Uh, but again, the film is more successful than it is not, and it is a it is a high recommendation for me on that level. I think you know we we try to uh, talk. About films with with appropriate criticism, so we're not just yes. lavishing praise, or you know, uh, unabashedly, we're trying to you know negotiate what the film is doing. <laughs> and this, and I, and I think that is a fair negotiation yes. of this movie, which is that it it, it fundamentally works, uh, but not always. Would you say we're always searching? For, for the the both the good and the bad of films. Occasionally, we're one of us is using Google and the other one is using Bing.
0: Uh, <laughs> then Zoe is using Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this has been the only podcast about the film searching Shahir. When you are not trying to hack into your son's new that you haven't even invented yet email, where can folks find you? He,
1: this is a funny story. We actually have created an email account for my son. Fuck we, you. That we we send him emails to. That, and that was actually a bit that really resonated with me in this film, <laughs> is that is that we have an email account for my son... <laughs> That we send him emails to with the idea that it will be
0: a time capsule, like in whenever. Okay, that's adorable. He doesn't check his email. Now. No, like he you don't check give, his email. Yeah. He's a two year old. I know, but I didn't know what you're doing. I didn't know if you were training him to be some savant. No, no, we're sending him emails that's about lovely. things
1: we about things we're thinking. I thought it would be an interesting thing with this film. If that's lovely. Something. No, yeah, that's it, very nice. Um, but, but anyway, I'm not going to give you what that email is. No. But you can write. You can uh, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, me. You cast me. You could you cast me sure at shaheerdaud.com. That's dot com Matt, when you are searching for narrative reasons for a film to actually connect with you, uh, where could you do
0: that or post about those responses? <laughs> you could find me writing my dissertation on Jim Kata at M A T T H E W K R O L.com for my life and works or Skeletor the number for P R E Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please send us in what you think of. Searching onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com and uh, onlymoviepod on Twitter. We will be back next week with a film we haven't decided yet. No. Here's, here's something I'd like to ask everybody if you've stuck through this podcast and you're at the very end, write us in here. Would it be helpful for you as an audience member to know the film we are doing the following week? Because I'm willing to do that legwork early if it's something that like you want to make sure as an audience that you've seen before we discuss it. Now, I can I guarantee we'll hit that every time? No. But uh, I would like to try that if it's something. If we get enough emails or tweets or whatever in with that in mind, I'm happy to try to do that more. Um and we'll see how it goes. Well, you know, that's just sort of my last little ditch. Yeah, yeah. We we're we're, we're
1: we're trying to we're trying to make this legit, yo. So, uh <laughs> you guys need
0: to get involved. Yeah. That's <laughs> I can't. I got nothing. We'll we'll see you next week, yo.
1: Ask Siri, where we'll be? Or what movie we'll be doing? Yeah, yo, Siri, <laughs> you should end this with uh, Siri going. I have no fucking clue, Here, I think I'll just leave it with that. <laughs>